Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Why are you looking at me like that? What comes to mind when I say the word all? What's the first thing that comes to mind when I say the word all? That three-letter word, A-L-L. Well, I'll tell you what probably does not come to mind, and that is all laundry detergent. That's probably not what you were thinking. In case you were unaware, here are some of the current slogans for all laundry detergent. All sensitive. All sensitive. Toss is the new pour. You know, those little packs. Toss is the new pour. Be glad you aren't an odor. That's another one of their slogans. And all-powerful. All-powerful. Do you know who else has some attributes that include the word all? God does. The word all in Latin is omni. And in confirmation class, when we look at the many attributes of God... Three of them that we take a look at include the word omni or all. The first one is omnipresent, which means all-powerful. God is all-powerful. He created the world and everything that's in it in only six days. He led the Israelites out of the land of Egypt, and when they were pursued by Pharaoh... And his soldiers, God parted the waters of the Red Sea and the Israelites escaped and crossed on dry ground. The scriptures testify about God's almighty power. And Jesus talked about that in Matthew chapter 19 verse 26. says, but Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible But with God, all things are possible. He is all-powerful, and anything is possible with Him. The second attribute is omniscient, which means all-knowing. Our God knows all things. His knowledge surpasses any and all our human understanding goes far beyond what you and I can comprehend. The Scriptures testify about God's all-knowing power. In Psalm 139, beginning at verse 1, we read, O Lord, You have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. God knows all things. And the third attribute that we talk about is omnipresent, which means all present or present everywhere. 
Our God can be anywhere and everywhere at all times. And the Scriptures testify about God's presence. From Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 24, Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. There's no place we can go where God cannot find us. And so our Lord God, who is present everywhere, who is all-powerful and all-knowing, Hmm. Since He knows all things, that means He knows everything about each and every one of you and me. So what does He know about us? Well, Scripture has something to say about that too. St. Paul wrote about it in our epistle reading for today from Romans chapter 3. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us, you and I, are sinners. And because of sin, all of mankind was separated from God. Because a price, that is a ransom, needed to be paid for the stench of sin. No amount of all laundry detergent could remove the stain of sin. That odor and stench of sin was ground into mankind and there was nothing that any of us could do to erase what had been done. There wasn't anything man could do to atone for the mess made by our sinful nature. Whew, we stunk. Is bad. That's why our ever-present, all-knowing, and all-powerful God had a plan to restore His people. Because He knew that you and I, that we could not obtain perfection or righteousness on our own. We couldn't do it. He planned to give it to us as a gift. He sent His Son, Jesus, into the world in order to live the perfect life we could not and to pay the price we owed for our sins through His Son's death. Christ did all of that in our place as our substitute. And now God offers the perfect righteousness of Jesus to us as a free gift. A free gift that He gives to you and to me by faith. God's Word clearly says that this righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Today we observe Reformation Day. And so in light of that, I'd like to share with you something that Martin Luther wrote in one of his sermons. It is true that nothing but faith saves. Our salvation costs you and I nothing. It costs us nothing. Nonetheless, it has cost God something. It has cost Him so much that His only Son had to become a man and redeem us. This redemption was accomplished through the shedding of Christ's blood. 
as St. Paul very beautifully tells us in Romans chapter 3. For there is no distinction. For all have fallen short of the glory of God and are justified by the grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. And Martin Luther continues, I must so direct my faith that I never push aside the means and never think of appearing before God without this cost. For it is decreed that God will accept no man unless he comes in this Son. Because you see, Jesus is the bridge between us and God. Jesus is the one who provided the way for us to God the Father. It is because of His perfect life, death, and resurrection that this gap between God and us has been bridged. God's love, grace, and mercy give us this perfect gift of forgiveness that many of us receive for the first time in our baptism. And once again this morning, the Holy Spirit comes to bring forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation through the miracle of God's Word combined with the water to adopt another child into the kingdom of God. Little Paxton will become the newest member into God's family in our second service. A child of the same Heavenly Father to work with us in His kingdom. This God-given faith leads us to cling to Jesus Christ. Our, our Lord's cross and righteousness are the only way for us to be right with God. You can't do it. I can't do it. We cannot do it ourselves, no matter how hard we try. You and I continue to fail over and over again. Even when we were little children. You may remember this story about the boy who wrote God a letter about the Christmas present that he so badly wanted. I've been good for six months now, he wrote. And after a moment's reflection, boy crossed out six months and then he wrote three months. And then he paused and he thought about it and he, thought, he crossed that out too and, and replaced it with two weeks. And then he erased that too. The boy got up and went over to the table where the nativity scene was. And he picked up Mary and went back and he wrote, Dear God, if you ever want to see your mother again. <laughs> you and I can't help it. We continue to sin and make mistakes. And oftentimes on purpose. Despite our best intentions, we cannot keep God's laws perfectly. Even when we seem to think that we have been good for quite a while. But if we really stop and evaluate ourselves, and particularly our motives, we realize that undoubtedly that we have not only failed, but failed quite miserably at living up to God's perfect standards. Jesus even shared with us the will of His Father 
Remember Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. Jesus said, You must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory over sin, death, and the power of the devil through His Son, Jesus. Only Jesus can be perfect as His heavenly Father is perfect. Only Jesus can be the perfect Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. All the sin. All of it. Only Jesus can give to us His body and blood as we gather together before the altar and participate in that blessed supper that's instituted by Christ Himself. For He has commanded us to eat and to drink His body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins and the strengthening of your faith. This past summer, due to the generosity of many of you, I had the privilege, along with a handful of other adults, to take some of our youth to Houston, Texas, to the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod Youth Gathering. The key verses for the youth gathering was from Paul's letter to the church in Colossae. Colossians chapter 1, beginning at verse 15. I'd like to share that with you this morning. He, that is Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authority, all things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things. And in Him all things hold together. They hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything He might be preeminent. For in Him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of His cross. So you see, Jesus holds all things together. He is the head of the church. All the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in Him, for He reconciled all things to Himself and made peace with God by shedding His blood, His holy, innocent, precious blood on that cross and with His selfless suffering and death. And because of His resurrection from the dead, He now lives and reigns at the right hand of the Father, and will one day return to bring you and all believers into God's presence forevermore. This is most certainly true. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.